0: Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. With your daily devotion for May the 21st, hope you're having an excellent day. Hey, today we're going to be looking at a prophecy that has been fulfilled by a guy named Jehu. But who prophesied this thing? It was the great prophet Elijah. Guys, we're going to continue our story in the book of 2 Kings chapter 9 and verse 1, okay? And it reads like this. The prophet Elisha summoned a man from the company of the prophets and said to him, tuck your cloak into your belt, take this flask of oil with you and go to Ramoth Gilead. When you get there, look for Jehu, okay? That's a guy by the name of Jehu. Find Jehu. Listen to what this servant, this prophet's to do, okay? Go to him. Get him away from his companions. Take him into an inner room. Then take the flask and pour the oil on his head and declare, this is what the Lord says, I anoint you king over Israel. Friends, I've often said this. When God is anointing a king, it's because he's getting rid of a king, okay? He's removing a king or an individual and replacing that. That individual. It's because of disobedience. Oftentimes it's because of idolatry. It's because God gave them a position of prominence and power and they have taken advantage of it. They've spurned God. They have not done what they were supposed to do in that position, which is what? To be a role model. To do what? To lead people to Christ. To show them the way. But these kings aren't doing it, and so what's God going to do, okay? He's going to remove them. He's anointing a guy by the name of Jehu. Verse 4 says this. It's an interesting story. Stay with me. Don't you give up on me. So the young man, the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead. When he arrived, he found the army officers sitting around. I have a message for you, commander, he said. Listen to this. For which one of us, asked Jehu? He's humble. He's like, which one of us, okay? For you, commander, he replied. Jehu got up and went into the house. Then the prophet poured oil on Jehu's head and declared, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Now watch this. He was given instructions by Elisha exactly what to say and to do. But now, watch this. The Spirit of the Lord God has come upon this prophet. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anoint you king over Israel's people Israel. You are to destroy the house of Ahab, your master. And I will avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of the Lord's servants shed by Jezebel. The whole house of Ahab will perish. I will cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam. What happened in the house of Jeroboam? Just that. God decided Jeroboam wasn't doing it right. He was ignoring God's instructions. He was ignoring God's law. So God came in, killed him, but not only him. All the people who could follow him as a descendant of Jeroboam. When God cleans house, friends, let me just tell you this. God cleans house. The the, the young prophet anoints him, gives him the word, okay? Then guess what happens? The text tells us he runs. He books out, okay? Because oftentimes when a king was anointed, where someone got good news like that, that person, okay, would like to reward them. Hey, I'm now king. Let me give you a present for doing your task. But here's the thing. None of that's going to take place here, okay? Okay, When you're doing the Lord's service, okay? When you're doing what God has asked you to do. You're not doing it for money. You're doing it because he said do it, okay? For no other reason. God will take care of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So you're not doing it for the almighty dollar. Guys, watch what just took place here. Jehu is anointed king, okay? He's given a commission to what? Destroy. Hunt down and destroy every last inhabitant of Ahab. Oh hey, here's the thing, Jehu, okay, gets in his chariot, he gets his men. Watch this, he's an army commander, okay? So he has the backing of who? the army man. He's a warrior. Watch this. He's a warrior, but now he's super fueled because God's anointing's on him. Okay? So he gets his chariot, gets his man. He's going towards this town. Okay? Where is he going? He's going to hunt down the kings. Okay? Joram and Ahaziah. Okay? He was a madman on the chariot. I mean, he's like one of those 21-year-olds that his parents are rich and they give him a a Mustang Cobra or something. He's all over the place. But verse 17, when the lookout standing on the tower in Jezreel saw Jehu's troops approaching, he called out, I see some troops coming orders this get a horseman send him to him and see if they come in peace so the guy gets on a horse the messenger and he he's riding his little horse okay he goes up to jehu jehu stops and he says hey do you come in peace jehu says this what do you know about peace there's been no peace get behind the line and they keep on going get meaning get behind my people okay and so that happens again okay nothing happens so they say it to the king again king uh The messenger went behind the troops. What's going on? So he sends another horseman. Okay, Okay. horseman comes up to Jehu and he says, Hey, I'm from the king. Do you come in peace? Jehu says this. What does the king know about peace? Get behind, okay? And so here's the thing. Jehu's riding. and They're just all this army and everything. And this guy on the tower, there's another guy on the tower. He says, You know what? This looks like Jehu because he drives like a madman. He's crazy. Things are like, Hey, what's going on? This doesn't make any sense. In verse 21, it says this. The king says, Hitch up my chariot. Okay? You have to realize, kings in those days, they fought. They just didn't hide behind a white house. <laughs> That's a free one. Hey, listen. Hitch up my chariot, Joram ordered. And when it was hitched up, Joram, king of Israel, and Hezai, king of Judah, rode out each in his own chariot to meet Jehu. They met him at the plot. Watch this very carefully because this is a word, a prophecy being fulfilled. Okay? They met him at the plot of ground that had belonged to Naboth the Jezreelite. When Joram saw Jehu, Jehu, he says, "Have you come in peace?" Jehu replies, "How can there be peace? Okay," Jehu replied, "As long as idolatry and witchcraft of your mother Jezebel abounds." Joram turns about. Fleeting, calling out to Ahai, treachery, 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 run, run, run. <laughs> oh, the kings are a little scared. You know why they're scared? Because the anointing of God is upon Jehu. They can see it. If you're close enough to talk to someone, you can see the anointing that was on Elisha, Elijah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. You can see the anointing of God. What he is going to take place, what those people are speaking aren't lies. They're words from Almighty God. And friends, here's the thing: you ought to shudder in your brutes if you get a word from God okay and it's specific to you and you're an heir you're living in contrast to the word of God you're not doing it right you've been ignoring God's principles his laws the prophets the preachers those people that God has sent into your life you better start humbling yourself before almighty God and repenting but once we get watch this very carefully once we get to this point it's too late God is bringing it, okay? You got to realize that God is bringing it. Friends, here's the thing. There's so many different concepts of God that people just don't understand. Some time back, a few weeks back, I did a devotion on Jonah. Jonah's going to Nineveh. He prophesies the people repent. Listen, God gave them a spirit of repentance. God is such long suffering. He has forbearance. He has patience with his creation. And so he allows them. He allows them the opportunity, okay? Through Jonah's words, which were God's words, to repent. They did. For a season. But I did another devotion called Nahum and that's what it looks like. Now God is prophesying. He's saying, I am going to bring utter destruction. So, on one hand, he gives us time to repent. He gives us time to get it right. He gives us time to see what we're going to do. But in Nahum, friends, if you watch that devotion, you will see what God is prophesying. No, you're, I'm not going to give you the ability to repent. Let me just tell you this is God saying, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to utterly destroy you, man, woman, child, grandpa, grandpa. It doesn't matter because you've ignored me. Okay, and so we see that text. Now, let's go to this story. Let's bring it down here, a couple weeks ago I did a devotion on Naboth's garden, okay? King Ahab wants his garden, so he has, okay, watch this, King Ahab and Queen Jezebel kill this guy, okay, to take his garden. He steals Naboth's vineyard. He absolutely steals it, okay? The word of the Lord came to Elisha. Elisha shows up and rebukes him and says, You're a murderer, okay? And this is what God's going to do in your life. You're going to die in this very vineyard, and the dogs are going to lick your blood. Well, here's the thing. Ahab hears it, okay? He's pierced through the heart, and he repents. Not of his lifestyle, not of his choices. He's just sorry that he got caught for murdering, okay? And doing all the things that him and Jezebel did on a daily basis, okay? But here's the thing. God relents, and he says, Okay, I'm not going to do it yet, okay and so what ends up happening three years go by Ahab watch this because you gotta watch that video okay that devotion Ahab thinks he gets away with it okay we never get away with sin God will never let you and I get away with sin never you, Matt never oh man you don't yet yeah, never okay we can't okay so Ahab goes to war and a single arrow goes right through his heart watch this but it's not on the vineyard lot like God said like Elisha prophesied okay He's out in battle and what ends up happening is the dogs lick his blood out there where he was. But now the fulfillment is going to be through his what? Through his children. See the king that Jehu's about to kill? and We're about to get to that. He's going to throw his body right there on Naboth's vineyard. When he heard the word from Elisha, he could have turned. He could have truly repented. Not just, I'm sorry I got caught but he could have truly repented, turned from, and turned towards, okay? And we could have saw what the outcome of that would have been, okay, played out in history, but he doesn't. He's just sorry that he got his hand caught with it in the cookie jar. He's sorry that he got caught murdering, exposing who he really was from the inside out. He's sorry that he's been exposed, okay? Because here's the thing, he was living a secret life, okay? He's trying to be secret about murdering one of God's chosen, okay? Watch what happens, okay? Had the time to repent? Did he do it? No. So what ends up happening? Because he spurned this. He didn't take God up on the offer to truly turn from his sins. Now it's fallen upon his children. 24. Jehu. These two kings are haul and tail away from Jehu because they could see it in his eyes. They could see it in his face. They know who this guy is. They know what he's capable of. He's a warrior. But they also know with God's anointing on him, uh-oh, got to get out of here. But it's not going to help. Verse 24 says this. Jehu drew his bow and shot Joram between the shoulders and the arrow pierced his heart and he slumped down in his chariot. Jehu <laughs> said, pick him up, throw him in the field that belongeth the Naboth, his vineyard. Remember how you and I were riding Basically, he says, do you remember the word that was spoken by Elisha, by God? that he was gonna die there. He did die there. Because a lot of people think, well, Ahab didn't die there. Friends, is there anything worse than your children having to take, pick up the gauntlet because you sinned against God? Meaning they're suffering for your sins. And you're like, well, it's not like that in the New Testament, man. Yes, it is. It is absolutely like that because your children will commit the same sins as you do. They will follow you all the way down to the gates of hell and beyond. 26 says this. These are God's words. Yesterday, I saw the blood of of Naboth and the blood of his sons, declared the Lord. And I will surely make you pay for it on this plot of ground, declares the Lord. See, that is what was spoken through Elijah, okay? Here's the thing, He now the children are paying for their father's sins. The other king, Aziah, he sees it. He's witnessing in verse 27. And the king of Judah saw what had happened and he fled on the road to Beth Hagat. Jehu chased him, shouting, kill him too. They wounded him in his chariot on the top of Ger. Listen to what happens. He gets away, but he dies. Did they get away with anything? Honestly, let me ask you this. Did they get away with anything? No, we never get away with sin. We don't. People hide their sin. People are very secretive about their sin. People like to cover up their sin, but God says those people who try to cover up their sin, I will expose it. I will judge them. Why? Because God has sent His only begotten Son to forgive us of our sins, okay? That means we have to be under the blood. That means we have to be under that covenant of grace. That means we have to be children of the living God. We have to do it solely God's way, which is solely Jesus Christ. Anything. So what ends up happening in the story? Is that the end of the story? Friends, that's not even the beginning of the story. If we go to verse 39, going to ab-lib. for for time's sake, okay? Uh, Jehu and his troops go into town, okay? And they show up at the palace. Who's there in the window? It's Jezebel. And the text tells us that she's putting on makeup. She's getting all dolled up for Jehu, okay? And she says, is that you, you murderer, okay? Jehu looks up to the palace. He says, who's on my side? Who's on the Lord's side? Throw her down. And that's what they do. They throw Jezebel all made up, okay? Head first, she splats. The text tells us She splatters, okay? Listen, that doesn't sound too good, but that's judgment when we sin against God, okay? She splatters, okay? And they leave her in the road. Jehu goes into the palace. He starts munching down on all the delicacies. He's eating the steak, the chicken, the lobster, all the good stuff, okay? Finally, he thinks, you know what? She was a queen. Pick her up out of the road. Let's bury her, okay? Let's just get this done with, okay? And then we'll go on about our venture of doing what God wants us to do. Slaying Ahab's kids because of what? Idol- so we go out to bury Jezebel. But she's not there. And you're like, what do you mean she's not there? She just fell head first from the fourth story of the palace. Why isn't she there? Verse 35. But when they went out to bury her, they found nothing except her skull and her feet and her hands. They went back and told Jehu, said... This is the word that was spoken by the servant Elijah, the Tishbe. On the plot of ground of Jezreel, dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh and eat her, so there's nothing left. Again, a word spoken by Elijah that was fulfilled. Now, Elijah's already been taken up to heaven. He's taking care of God's blessing him. He's in heaven. Is he suffering? No, but there isn't a word that Elijah spoke that wasn't fulfilled. Okay, not one word that was not fulfilled according to Scripture according to what God, God spoke through Elijah. Day who's not done. Verse 10 tells us he shows up at another town and there's 70 sons, real young children. I mean, they're not big kids, okay? Uh, and he sends a letter and he says, I tell you what, over all the 70 sons, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick out one. Put him on the throne, and then here's what I want you to do. I want you to support him, because I'm coming to get you. They write a letter back saying, No, 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 we are as you are. You tell us what to do. We're not doing that. We're for you, your king, okay? We're not putting any of his sons on the throne and supporting him and defending him, okay? They're scared. Verse 4 says, They were absolutely terrified. They says, No, you tell us what you want us to do, okay? We're not doing it. Jehu says this, Behead every one of them, all 70 of them. I want you to put their heads in baskets and put them in front of the city. I'll be there tomorrow. And that's exactly what took place, friends. Why? Again, why? Judgment. Because of why? Because of idolatry. Because of why? Not obeying God. I think these stories are just so amazing. Verse 9 tells us this. The next morning, Jehu went out. He stood before the people and said, You are innocent. It was I who conspired against the masters, your kings, and killed them. But who killed all these? Who killed all these people? That's what Jehu is saying. I think it's just so funny. He's saying, hey, I killed the kings. But who killed all these people? Jehu says to the people, The Lord has done what he promised through his servant Elijah. So Jehu killed everyone in Jezreel who remained of the house of Ahab, as well as all of his chief men, his close friends, and all his priests, leaving him no survivor. Jehu then set out and went toward Samaria. He goes to Samaria. What ends up happening? There's a Baal temple there. Okay? Along the way, guess what? He finds some more relatives. He says, who are you? And they say, oh, we're, we're descendants of so-and-so. And they go, oh, okay, okay. Slew them all. He, Jehu kills all these along the side of the road. They were a group. They might have heard what was going on. We don't know, but here's the thing. He's killing them all. He ends up going to Samaria, and there's this huge Baal temple. Here's what he tells his men, okay? We're going to put on a feast for Phil. We're going to worship. We're going to Sacrifice unto Baal. And he says, Order anyone, any Baal priest who doesn't come to the sacrifice, we're gonna kill him. I'm the new king. Jehu okay. tricks them. Okay, they all show up, okay? And so you have this huge, huge building, okay? And he says, Give them all priests. Then Jehu says, This go through them and make sure they're only Baal worshippers, Baal priests, that there is no prophets of God or priest of the living God, but they're only Baal. And he says, Okay, it's like you said, we put them all in rows. Jehu goes in there and slaps an animal, goes through the rituals, plays the game with them. He's having a good old time with them, right? Okay, then he leaves and he says, if one man gets out, It's your life for his. I want you guys to go in there and slaughter them, okay? And so that's what they do. His men, Jehu's men, go absolutely in and slaughter every last Baal priest, okay? And friends, here's the thing. Jehu, because of the anointing, the leading of God upon his life, accomplishes for God what he set out. God rewards him greatly. Everything that was spoken by Elijah took place. Because Elijah isn't speaking his own words. you got to watch that. Elijah isn't a lone renegade. He's not just this mountain man that has a vengeance towards the people. No, he's speaking the word of God. He's representing God. He's telling it like it is. This is what God is going to do. It's just a matter of time, whether it's in my lifetime or not. That doesn't matter. It's going to take place because I am speaking it for the Lord. And friends, here's the thing. Every last word to the crossing of the T and the dotting of the I of that which Elijah spoke as a prophet, representing God, was fulfilled. Okay, friends, look at this. Ahab. Could have manned up. Friends, I've I've learned this in my life. There seems to be one or two people in every organization, in every group, who are leading the people to the slaughter. Okay, they because the people are so fearful to get it right, to do right, to be right, to do the things that are necessary. And so it seems like there's these leaders under destruction, these leaders that lead people to hell. That's what they are. Ahab could have manned up and says, You know what, Jezebel? We gotta repent. We gotta turn. We gotta start doing gotta it. God, way. we gotta change our lives doesn't do that. And he was given so many opportunities. He heard the truth over and over and over again, but he doesn't do that. He's comfortable in the lifestyle that he has, which is what? Materialism, power, greed, sex I'll do whatever I want, okay? Like I explained with Jonah going to Nineveh in the book of Nahum, there's two different things one was given an opportunity, they were given the opportunity to repent, but then there came a time when they didn't repent that God brought it. It's the same in this story, okay? Elijah goes to King Ahab, Ahab could have turned everything around, he could have led the nation back to God, but he didn't want to do that he wanted to stay in his sin, in his idolatry he wanted to stay in the sexual sins that he was engaging in, the groves, the bells and here's the thing, that's what Jezebel was doing those same things so she's going out to the grove she's mounting these trees she's having sex with other people other than King Ahab okay, we think, well I'm not doing any of that now but friends when you're living a life that's contrary to the Word of God the ways of God the means of God what his purpose and plan is for your life meaning this you are because that's idolatry that's self as God friends here's the thing there are consequences to sin and people today in the time that you and i live they just don't understand it they think i can continue on like this and be okay and it's just not the case so my question for you is this where are you in this story i mean honestly you're someone i'm hoping that you're an Elijah. I'm hoping that you're a follower of God. That you're doing it God's way. And God's way isn't always the easiest way. It's sometimes it's hard because you always come up against opposition because you're going up against the world system. You're going up against Satan. You're going up about 90% of the world is against what God is for, okay? Righteousness. Holiness. Okay? Love. Mercy. Loving your neighbor as yourself. And the world just doesn't go for that. They say get all you can, can all you get. Conquer this world. Get it all okay party do whatever you want do whatever feels good are you in the story here's the thing listen very carefully are you a Jezebel who's giving ungodly advice to her husband and manipulating her husband to do things that are contrary to the word of God because that's what you want because you have the power in your household to do it and there are women like that or are you an Ahab Meaning this, you've been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent. You've seen the hand of God. You've seen the power of God on Mount Carmel. You've seen all these miracles that God's done in your life. He has provided for you. He has blessed you. He has showered you with everything that this world can offer and everything that Satan oftentimes offers to people to draw them in, to the net, to the snare, to the ditch, until he drags them off to hell. You've been offered it all. Are you ignoring God's blessings? God uses blessings to get us back in line with Him. Look at your life. Are you blessed? And the answer is absolutely a resounding. Yes, you are blessed. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to be like Ahab and your children are going to suffer the consequences because of your decisions, you being the role model of the house? Or are you going to turn from and turn towards God and turn a new leaf? Who are you in the story? Or are you Jehu? God's put an anointing on you. He's called you to a specific task. He's called you to something. His anointing is on you. His blessing is on you. And you are to accomplish something for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And no, God's not going to call you and I today to go out and destroy the enemy. He says this in the New Testament, Vengeance is mine, seeth the Lord. I will repay. See, I don't have to fight for God. God can fight for himself. And friends, I've seen it over and over and over again. God can heal. He can destroy. He can make the lame to walk. He can kill the blind. I've seen him not knocked down and raised up. Are you in the story? What about the two kings who had positions of power and prominence and influence, but they were using it in the wrong way and they were using it to destroy people, okay, by what? Their decisions, their choices, because of what they incorporate in their life and saying, it's okay. It's okay. It's not okay if God says it's not okay. The idolatry they incorporate in their life, those rituals, those practices, things that you know in your heart of hearts are wrong. But here's the thing, you're a follower, Friends, here's the thing. If you're going to be a follower, don't follow those kings that are going the wrong way. Don't follow those people who are adding unto and taking away from the Word of God. You know in your heart what they're doing is wrong. You know what's taking place there. You don't want to follow them. Are are you a follower? If you are a follower, turn from, turn towards, and be a follower of Jesus Christ. What would Jesus do? Don't be a follower of that muck of darkness because that's what those people were. Those servants, they were following darkness. You don't want to follow darkness. Maybe... I'm talking to some kid right now, you're not 13, 14, 15 years old, you're likened unto that servant, that young prophet that Elisha, the man of God, sent to go anoint Jehu. And God's Spirit came upon him and he prophesied, Hey, this is what you're to do, Jehu. See, God has no respect to our persons. And here's the thing. He says, do not despise youth because God can do more through a child because that child's heart is open to the Lord God Almighty, to what he is. He's not questioning everything. So no matter who you are or what age you are, God can use you. As Maybe you are linked up to a guy named Naboth who had a vineyard, meaning this. The kingdom took advantage of that guy. They manipulated, they lied, they cheated, they stole, they took his life, okay? And I know I'm talking to some people who are living in Christ that have been taken advantage of through fear, through lies, through manipulation, okay? You've been taken advantage of. God's saying this to you today. Thus saith the Lord God, I'll take care of it. Remember, guys, look at, look at, I'm going to take all that story in this. It's either God's way or no way. There is no other way other than what God has said in His Word. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father unless it's through Jesus Christ. Hey, I hope this helped you. I know this was a heavy one. And here's the thing, I like Jehu. Why? Because God's anointing on him. He accomplished the task that he was set out to do. He brought glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, okay? And he established things the way they... Basically, he set it back to the way it was supposed to be. Was he perfect? If we read on, we'd find out, no. He wasn't perfect. He faltered too as you and I oftentimes do. Hey, this is Matt from the Man Cave.